First time I ever graced the bittersweet stage, I choked. That's when I'm like, oh, now I'm in the groove of mm -hmm. what this piece is and what it means to me. So I became known as a provocative poet. Hey, this is Chilulemba. Destro Fundanga or Dexter Fundanga or Destro FNP is a man that's known and revered, and should I say feared, respected and loved in the worlds of poetry, voiceover, and music. He incidentally, after this interview, released a musical project which you should check out online if you can. Our good friend Levi Salima was given the assignment to chat to Destro, and when he got the assignment, we had no clue that these two share history. They've been friends for a while. So it was an authentic and enjoyable chat, and I'm sure you'll get to enjoy it too. Remember, this episode is also available on YouTube. Search for Z Flashback. Right now, Destro chatting to Levi. Good day to you, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing? <laughs> cool, cool, man. It's it's such a such a wonderful thing to have you here. Thank um, you, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming. So let's let's start this off on a personal note. So, okay. uh, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Okay. Okay. So, for instance, uh, so people know you as Destro, while others know you as Dexter. Could you share the story behind these names? And also, uh, Uncle Chilu, when he was doing some research on you, he hey. searched the word FNP. Yeah. And funny enough, what came on Google, the results were family nurse practitioner. Wow. Okay. So like, yeah, just, just, just give us some, some juice on that. Family nurse practitioner. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Um, okay. So later in life, I found out that the name Dexter is Destro in Italian. Uh -huh. So whether you call me Dexter or Destro is one and the same thing. Yeah. But in high school, I used to go by Ilmac. Mm. Yeah, because he was like my favorite battle rapper. Mm -hmm. And also what was also interesting is that I was basically dissing people for no reason. Just to prove that I have better skill than you. But why? Until the Lord came into my life. <laughs> right. So, yeah. But before I got saved, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Like, I remember this one time um, there was there was a senior who had heard about me. Like, ah, this guy. Oh, he's, he's, he's a tough rapper. Okay, bring him, bring him me. I know I'm tougher than this ketchup. He can't be tougher than me. Mm -hmm. I dissed him and that's how his career ended. <laughs> and I remember one of my friends, his birthday was yesterday. He was like, oh, you are a destroyer of rapper. So I was like, wait, uh, destroyer of rappers? Like, I think there's a name there. Yeah. But he said destroy. Mm -hmm. of rappers so i was like ah i think i'll take that and then i took it and i said ah but i can say it as destro i think it it sounds better and then i was like oh there's also a sigma six character who's a villain named destro and i kind of was like on a tangent where i was destroying people so i was like ah you know what i'm gonna keep that yeah. i'm destro from now on and then later in life like i said i found out that my name is destro in italian so if an italian calls me destro he's actually calling me De dexter in english yeah, yeah. That's actually quite a multi-layered, you know, perspective right? of the name. And, <laughs> you know, I was thinking that maybe like you knew this all the way, like from oh, the no. beginning. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Um, uh, <laughs> all good. All good. So yeah. um, when it comes to like hip hop, uh, 
we're told that your uncles had a huge impact on you when it comes to that when it comes yeah. to let's say like uh tupac eminem many 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 of the greats yeah could you tell us how you came to know about the genre what made you fall in love with it mm. and the influence your uncles had on you during Word. that process um there was a part I forgot to explain, the FNP. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, let's take it back before uh, we go yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, so FNP is actually Friendly Neighborhood Poet. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. cool, cool, so, cool. So for, for, for a while now, um, people are like, he's too honest. He's, he's too on the money about things. So it was like a branding thing that I mm -hmm. decided to do because I was like, look, I'm approachable. Mm -hmm. I am friendly. But I will tell you the truth because mm. I think I was, I think my claim to fame mm -hmm. poetry wise was the Can I Provoke You series. Mm. Up till today, people tell me about how it's changed their lives or it mm. opened their minds to a number of things. So I became known as a provocative poet. Mm -hmm. So I was like, ah, can I have that as my brand? No, I'm friendly. So that's where the friendly neighborhood poet comes from. And also, I'm a big Spider Man fan. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. your friendly neighborhood, <laughs> Spider Man. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then now coming to my uncle's influence, I grew up in a very musical home. Yeah, uh, my father before he passed was a huge Michael Jackson fan. Really? Yeah, yeah. he had the Jerry Curl and everything. You know, <laughs> you know, popping a dance move here and there. Yeah. And I'm there. I'm too. I'm like, you go, daddy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, but by the time, by the time he passed. I was still listening to a lot of Michael Jackson in the home. I'm still a big fan of Michael Jackson even today. Mm -hmm. um, but my mother was also like a big fan of like the boy bands that were coming up in that time. Mm -hmm. The InSync's, the Backstreet Boys, the Blackstreet Boys, and so on and so forth. The the Jodeci's and so forth. So I didn't really vibe with that, but it was played all the time. Mm -hmm. So by the time my uncles... They were like at Unza at the time. And, yeah. you know, it's like formative years mm -hmm. are your college years. Mm -hmm. So they were into a lot of like the Tupac and mm -hmm. the B.I.G. Well, not so much of B.I.G., but Tupac especially. And Eminem was coming up. Yeah. And so on and so forth. So I remember listening to a whole lot of Tupac. Yeah. Because of my uncles. And I always wanted to be like them because they were so cool. Mm, you know, so were, influential. You know, they were lifting yeah. weights. Yeah, yeah, You could yeah, see them yeah, with, yeah. with women. And yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah. oh, man. That's such that's a cool I guy. Yeah. I want to be like my uncle. Yeah. So, of course, you, those were like my father figures as well. So, mm -hmm. for me, emulating them and uh, going after the things that they like and trying to also make that like part of my identity mm -hmm. was a huge thing. So... For me, I would say, especially my childhood, like from the time I was six coming up, that's how I like fell in love with hip hop as mm. a genre after being introduced to it. I still listen to Michael Jackson, but you know, every yeah. now and then, you know. Yeah. Fun fact, yeah. which people don't know, I, I used to break dance because of the Michael Jackson influence. I can't see you doing that. See what I'm saying? That's I, why I'm like, it's I a really fun fact. can't. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I retired. I retired. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, Praise but the anybody Lord. who was with me from like primary school to high school will tell mm. you I also used to do dance battles and everything. It was crazy. If you know Destro from primary or <laughs> early in his years, please in the comments put right. a story. We want to see. Yeah, well, they used to confiscate phones, so there's no footage. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but they can testify. Okay, okay, cool. So, uh, 
poetry has been a very big shall i say big uh, part of your career in yeah. a way and you know the zambian poetry scene i think in the early 2000s was like when it was at sort of like a peak in a way mm. where there was so much interest or so many people who came through yeah. and so on so how could you just run us through sorry so could you just run us through that period in time because okay. quite a number of people made their names in that space i feel okay. you did as well yeah. so please like uh just drop some history oh, well, nuggets over here uh I, I can only speak as far as i know yeah but i think the time that i was like really interested in poetry this is like 2012 2013 mm-hmm um bittersweet was really yes like, yes you know the yes, home yes of poetry everybody who wanted to be a poet dreamt of gracing the bittersweet stages uh, yeah and for me the first time a lot of people don't notice the first time i ever graced the bittersweet stage i choked a bunch of times and i remember one of the one of the owners of or the custodians of the stage was like you know you, you look young enough to just focus on school you know, you should probably focus on school. Maybe this is not for you. You know, like, ah, you sound smart, but maybe this is not for you. You know, that feels like yeah. an Eminem 8 Mile moment. I think it was. Like, I think it was. And my palms are sweaty. Yes. Knees <laughs> weak, arms are heavy. Yeah. So, you know, so I remember, I remember feeling so gutted. Mm-hmm. I'd come all the way Shame. from Chalala. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I literally walked there. She, she could tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I literally walked there to, first of all, disappoint and embarrass myself by not mastering what I actually wanted to tell the people. And, you know, I was like this small skinny boy that they were like, ah, you know, of course people are friendly in Zambia. Mm-hmm. In other places mm-hmm. I'd have been booed off stage, but in Zambia you choke and they're encouraging you, you know, they're snapping, but you still can't remember your thing and you're like, oh no, thank you. And then they clap for you off stage and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, from about that time, I remember even at that time, I think two, three days later, I met Jesse. Mm-hmm. And that night that I choked, I think the one who like carried the night was Magnifier. So I was like, yes, man, yeah, I, I want to be. I remember him, yeah. Yeah, I want to be like those guys. They they do so much. But when I met Jesse is when I got like encouragement to really go after it. Because he also sort of like gave me his, his story and how, mm-hmm. you know, it's been for him trying to balance being a rapper, a student, a pastor's child, and a poet you know so when i heard his story i was like yeah i think i can do this and then yeah i just grew so close to him and magnify over the years Mm -hmm. and it helped me grow in confidence at the time i was also still being molded as an artist that's so good Mm -hmm. so that also put like further fuel in in you know my gas container and i was just burning with with a lot of fire and the next time i got on a bittersweet stage they did not recognize me wow. and it was so good versus bittersweet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i was going up against my big brother uh, the late luka mango yeah, yeah and i took that round wow yeah, I, got, I got some points and luka is a, was a beast he, you he know? was a beast so you, know? you can imagine going up against a beast mm-hmm. and taking that round mm-hmm. you know so for me that was like a, a marquee moment and i was like I think there's something for me here. And as much as they told me, mm-hmm. nah, I finally found my way in. Mm-hmm. So from there, after after the first So Good versus Bittersweet that I attended, mm-hmm. and we won, and um, I think they formed Inkomaki at the time, which was mm-hmm. like 
well in komaki is a cup right mm-hmm. but it was like a cup of poets so you had sticker mm-hmm. you know who's more into videography now yeah um you had jesse you had ludo you mm-hmm. had magnifier and there's someone else yeah and and luca himself these mm-hmm. guys were all in komaki i don't know if there was an extra member but yeah and mm-hmm. then after that it kind of started to feel like the so good versus bittersweet thing became a myself versus malachi malachi mm-hmm. is a good friend mm-hmm. um he's he's more of a lawyer now really but yeah. yeah but i think he's still passionate about the art it's just yeah. a matter of of time and i know law is is quite Very restrictive in some yeah. in some ways mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but i can see that he's trying to apply his career path into his, his artistry and also yeah. help other artists which is a great thing mm. and yeah i think after that i didn't know that i became one of like the the ogs and whatnot i i just get that kind of response from like newer poets um so like when new poets are coming up on the scene they're always like you inspired me you did something and i felt like i need to you know i felt encouraged and i need to step into this and so forth and for me i was just like wow i didn't think of that i never thought at one Mm. point me using my voice and you know doing poetry it's always like that yeah you know what i'm saying you never see yourself impacting someone yeah until they tell you yeah you know and And you're just doing your thing exactly you're just like yeah it's just a tuesday for you but well you know but there's hard work that goes into it either way you know what (laughs) i'm saying so maybe they see it as it's just another tuesday for this Mm -hmm. guy Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of self-doubt that you fight there's a lot of wrestling Mm -hmm. with trying to simplify what you have to say Mm -hmm. because i also kind of built a reputation for uh every time an mc is introducing me to do a poem they would always say for this one you have to think (laughs) so i'm like are you saying the others they say stuff that people don't need to think yeah. about oh okay you know what i'm saying so it became a bit of like a a, a, a kama setting okay. so yeah and it's actually through poetry that i i got my my very own and first plane ticket to go perform somewhere else that's actually brings us <laughs> to the next uh talking point but before we go there yeah. uh everyone please say hi to destro's wife she's here with us in studio <laughs> madame please uh just say hi hi <laughs> <laughs> okay okay awesome so speaking of your first opportunity to travel yeah um it was in bloomfontein i believe yes sir and yes, traveling to a new place where you don't know anyone to do a specific job yeah often gets very nerve-wracking yeah and with yeah. your previous ex- uh with your previous uh moments in time where like let's say you overcame that fear yeah. of choking and so on and so forth how did you handle yourself at that special event mm. and then how do you calm yourselves before you speak in like a new environment rather well every i treat every stage as a new environment mm. so for me i don't think i have i ever have a stasis of calm you know like elaborate yeah like what what i mean is i perform through the nervousness oh okay i also realized that wait people don't know what i wrote and prepared so i'd rest in in the fact that they won't notice that i've gone in and out of pockets of my piece right so i started practicing something else in the process to mediate that which is freestyling mm-hmm. i started um i started working on the craft of understanding what i wanted to say 
mm-hmm. how I wanted to say it, mm-hmm. and the emotion with which I wanted to convey. Mm-hmm. So even if I forget, like, because m- I write a lot, so you find that, uh, you know, because I preview my pieces to her. So I would write something that they, would, they told me, this is supposed to be five minutes. You have five minutes on stage. And I would write seven minutes worth. Yeah. And then now there's the whole cutting, cutting. And then I realized I might not need to cut anything. I just need to know what my conclusion is. And then I would go through each stanza of that I've written. And on stage, there are moments where I would get in and out of the piece, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't feel like where he's that everything connects yeah i found a way to have like a golden thread through the piece yeah so that helps me also it's only up until i perform the piece that it actually sticks in my head Mm, mm -hmm, you know before mm -hmm. that i'm struggling to remember what next did i say what next was i trying to say i haven't yet gotten to a place where i have mastered the piece i want to say and Mm -hmm. how i want to say it perfectly until maybe the second or third time I perform it. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, oh, now I'm in the groove of mm-hmm. what this piece is and what it means to me. But mm-hmm. the first time that I do it, I'm going in and out of the piece and only she ever notices. And maybe a couple of other people who I involve in my process, especially that I preview the piece to them because I read it out to them and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is dope, you know, and, and all of that. You can improve here and there and all of that. And then when they see me perform it, they were like, wow, your performance is great, mm-hmm. but I think you forgot those. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you know what the piece is. Yeah. Right. But to the general audience, but to the general they audience, really don't know. They to them, really they've gotten know. a performance. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. And yeah. what's great about mastering the art of what you want to say mm-hmm. is sometimes you will say something that's like an addition to your piece. Mm-hmm. But it hits home for someone yeah. in the audience. Mm. Of course, the material of written so the does spirit leads. Yeah, the spirit way. leads. Yeah. You know, the <laughs> spirit takes over in those yeah. moments. So th- I started mastering that craft. I used to, I used to, I used to be looked at as a crazy person at Unza. Mm. You know, because people would just see me walking around and I'm just like mumbling words. Like if you've seen the Rain Man movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, I would yeah. be like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and every other Illuminati video that talked about Rain Man comes to mind so now if people want to throw a diamond up i guess it's now but anyway uh so <laughs> so for me that's what that's what would happen that's a, that's actually a beautiful process because yeah. um Jay-Z i think does the same process okay Gee, okay Gee, okay i just want to throw that out because <laughs> you know the the same process that you're speaking of i think for other people in creative in other creative spaces it's sort of the same thing yeah so for instance if you're a videographer you at the beginning of the project you really do not know what you're doing yeah and as you sort of work through either the script what you're trying to accomplish the song the structure your short list then it makes sense. Starts to take same thing with graphic design when you open up yeah. photoshop illustrator you don't know like ah, what blank. am i doing but as you work through it it, it gets uh it much gets much better, yeah. better so now um let's talk about your progression from let's say uh poetry mm-hmm. to now which is i think your bread and butter shall we say pretty much pretty much which is uh voiceover work yeah so how was the progression and the transition from poetry to voiceover work how did you get in uh what sort of people influenced you and what key project did you do that just helped you mm. like stand out from the stand sea out. of voices yeah. it's, a, it's a long story i don't you know two minutes. The, i don't know if we got the time <laughs> yeah but um 
Yeah. James Sakala. Mm, 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 mm. I owe my career in voice to James Sakala. Yeah. Yeah, cuz um after after my mom died, it yeah. was it was very it was a very difficult time for mm, me especially mm. because at this point I'm now an orphan. Yeah, I'm now a yeah. double orphan as yeah. they say. Mm-hmm. Right? Um so as a double orphan, I used to walk long distances from Chalala where mm. I was living with my guardians all the way to so good in Olympia. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they would take me home and sometimes I would sleep at the studio. Mm. Right? And I would even till today I still get more fulfillment from being in studio. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, so I remember this one time it was morning and I was doing I was doing a voiceover for um yeah, I think I think I also have to make an honorable mention Su- Superman as well. Mm-hmm. I also owe my career mm-hmm. to Superman as well. Yeah, because if he didn't give me that environment where I could express myself, mm-hmm. I don't think James would have found me and said you can make money off of your voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Superman is like uh, chef's chef's manager right now. Yes, I was just about yeah. to say please. for those who do not know. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah. So yeah. so Superman saved my life. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so yeah, that morning I remember I was doing something for the two one project at the at the time, uh, the current permanent secretary of youth sports and arts mm-hmm. was an artist, right? Name known as Pilato. Pilato, yes, yeah. yes. So yes, so Pilato was part of two one with Critic, K Star, and XSIQ at the time. Or maybe he was just featuring on that song. So the song that they were doing, I was meant to play like an announcer. Mm-hmm. Like a British boxing announcer mm-hmm. announcing each artist as they come mm-hmm. onto the mic to, you know, box with the mic or whatever the case may be. And I remember I was doing my thing and then James walks in. Yeah. And he stops me in my tracks mm-hmm. and he's like, do that again. Mm-hmm. So I do it again. May I think, because, you know, high pressure environment, yes, yes, you know, because yes, yes. when you're, you're an artist, well. yeah, you're also trying, trying to impress him. Yeah. And then at the same time, it's a high pressure environment because mm-hmm. I've had moments where you record a whole song and, and then, then the executives come just, in and they're like, ah, it's rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've worked hard, you've yeah, poured your yeah. blood and sweat into it. So at that point I was like, hey, am I doing things wrong? And then he told me, no, do that again. Okay, go get, go get a bottle of boom or something. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to read that as well mm-hmm. into the mic. Mm-hmm. So I read it into the mic and he's like, okay, I like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Do you know that you can make money off your voice? Mm. And I'm like, uh, no, people make money off their voice. Yeah. You know, because in my head, my trajectory for even doing voiceovers was to become a character, like to be a ah, voice of a character. Yeah. Because yeah. I grew up on Dragon Ball Z. And yes, for me, yes. listening to Christopher Sabat voice over 20 plus characters, mm-hmm. for me, I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. I could do it. I used to make to my wire man and I would voice all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it was a no-brainer for me. Yeah. But I didn't know that you can actually make money from yes. that. So the next day he told me, okay, go on, go home, find whatever products you have in the house, record a voiceover, send that stuff to me. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I sent it to him. A week later, uh, God rest her soul, but somebody from AdLab called me. Yeah. You know, she's late now. But she mm-hmm. called me and she was like, come through and record a voiceover. So I went through. It was a trial, but they went with the trials and it was for ShopRite. And that's wow. how I became ShopRite's voiceover artist for that whole year. It was the first time I was introduced to things like T-pins 
and yeah. open, I opened open, the yeah. I opened an account way yes. before you know getting to Unza in order to open a student account. Mm-hmm. So I had mm-hmm. an account before before the whole Unza process and everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I had a T pin. And all of this stuff was new to me. It was the first time I saw a lot of zeros on a check from like <laughs> literally zero to a number of them. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, you know, and one of the people who was working there, he was like the key account manager for ShopRite at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, he was basically giving me a breakdown of where my voice will be used and how much it's going to cost. So wow. voice costs this much. This is what we have in the system. Uh, it's going to go to radio. This is how many takes you've done. So he did that price by the number of takes I did. It's going to radio. And then he said, for TV, it's double this price. And he multiplied by how many things I did. And then mm-hmm. he told me, now this is your base figure. Mm-hmm. And I'm there like spooked tears in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I walked into that place mm-hmm. with slippers, mm-hmm. a faded trackpad, which was even dusty. And I remember the lady who had called me told me, yeah, after a few months, I should see that you've changed your wardrobe. Oh, Lord. And I was like, <laughs> you, you're probably right. Yeah. You're probably you right. You need to look the part. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. You Even know? though they can't see you, you need to look you the part. You need to look the part. You need to, you need to look like you sound, you know? And I remember the owner of AdLab, yeah. um, Johanna, mm-hmm. was just like, she walked past where we were recording. Then she came back. And she was like, it's you who's talking. It's you who's got that voice. Wow, okay. And then she went. Little did I know that the kind of projection I was doing at that time mm-hmm. was not expected to come out of a small body. Yeah. But now it is. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, I now look the part. I now look like my voice. So... So yeah, so for me that's uh, Simon, please yeah. uh just put some uh throwback pictures oh, wow. on the screen over there. All right, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, just go to Facebook if you want to see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so or even my Instagram profile. I don't think nah, I'll don't worry, we'll find the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> you can find the trajectory. I like to so I to see that I've grown okay from glory to glory. Anyway, yeah, that's how that's how I got into voiceovers and then Soon after, she actually advised me to connect with Kamiza. Mm-hmm. This was 2015. 2015, I connected with Kamiza. And ever since, he's been a big brother and mentor to me. Um, I always knew of Uncle Chilu, but I don't even know I'm calling him uncle. I should probably text him and call him uncle. Yeah, that way this episode would make sense. But, <laughs> but we only ever started talking in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, in 2020. Because Every time I would do a voiceover, especially for corporates, uh, I, w- I kind of became known like the low-budget Chilu. Because we kind of hit the same vocal registers. But yeah, yeah. I was, I was low-budget because, of course, you're new to this stuff. Yeah, and so you're, you're not so anybody, rates, everybody yeah, is yeah. coming to give you... I'll give a fake figure for now. They're coming to give you 500 kwacha and telling you that this is how much your voice costs. Yeah. So... After a few interactions and learning from like the the big brothers, that's when I learned that actually what we're doing is not right. And I started learning even mm-hmm. even more and more. I started learning about things like usage rights, mm-hmm. which are things that if you if you I'll give you I'll give you a recent example. I was telling a local company that a local agency that y'all gotta pay for the usage rights of this voice. Your friends don't even charge for such things. Where are you coming mm-hmm. with all of this? And I'm like, 
um it's the international standard yeah there's what we call royalties yeah those are usage rights yeah so yeah <laughs> if there are two things uh, i have found to be defined as especially in the voiceover industry mm-hmm. is number one ah destro the expensive voiceover artist mm-hmm. and number two Ah, Destro, the low-budget Chilu. So it, it, it changed from low-budget Chilu to the it's, expensive yeah, voiceover artist. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just out here like... Because <sighs> sometimes they would actually even use uh, Chilu's name and be like, Chilu doesn't charge this much. I'm like, Oh, wow, Lord. Okay. Yeah, but but I I talked to him about it and I was yeah, like, God, yeah, do you know this said This is what they say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, he's, and he was like, wow. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so now... Um, I've also known you as a copywriter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, quite recently, and yeah. uh, you've done some copy work for quite a number of big brands. And for those who don't know what a copywriter is, it is the person who writes the words that <laughs> become the voice, that become the TV, the TV, yeah. the TV ad, that the become the billboards you see, the Google so ads that irritate you. Yeah. <laughs> so he's also the brain behind all of those words that you see around us. Yeah. So please uh, just uh, tell us how you got into that space. Yeah. And also... Oh, yeah, the main this, highlight this, of working in that space. Yeah, this one's an interesting story, actually. Yeah. Um, for copywriting, I owe that lane of career to Kayambila. Mm-hmm. I, Kayambila and Dario, actually. Mm-hmm. I had met Dario. Where did I meet Dario? I met him at church. Uh, miracle life so mm-hmm. he had told me that oh i've heard about you you know you do your poetry thing there's a project i'm working on called Mwanakazi Okongola, and there was someone he was already like working with from our church who used to model on his covers so i don't know if she still does but anyway um oh she doesn't eh? so <laughs> so what had happened was yeah after meeting him vodafone was coming into the picture mm-hmm. and kamiza was like, oh, baby bro, somebody's going to call you. Uh, just tell them I sent you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Mutale calls me, Mutale Kapaso. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, we'd like brand ambassadors for Shanshani come to Radisson Blue. Mm-hmm. At the time, they weren't coming out as Vodafone. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get locked in as a brand ambassador, yeah, yeah. which was really just a salesperson yeah. um, <laughs> at the time. Funny for, enough, I was one too. Right? Yeah. So they gave you my fire and everything. Uh, yeah. Crazy. I came through as a Zika <laughs> student. <laughs> I was I, I don't think I saw you that day, but yeah. I remember that period. In yeah, time. we went to Radisson yes, Blue and everything. Yes, they gave us lunch. And they gave us lunch. Like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember. I put it up on my Instagram and everything. Yeah, like ah, brand ambassador. I looked into it and I'm like, brand ambassador is basically lifestyle. So every time I'm doing anything lifestyle, I post about it and I tag whoever they are. Mm-hmm. Right, so. On the other side, Dario calls me. He became one of the actual brand ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, there's something I need you to write for me. I need you to write me a piece about someone going from growing from strength to strength. And, you know, basically we're going to flight that as an ad for, for Vodafone, for Vodafone Jump. So I get to write... 
him and I, you know, this was my first time dealing in client space. Mm-hmm. So after you write something, then they tell you, okay, no, cut this out, cut this out. Okay, say it like this. Can you say it like that? And then after we had like the final piece, he told me to go to Paselli Road in North Mid mm-hmm. to go and record the voiceover for it. Mm-hmm. So I meet Kenny. Mm. I meet Kenny Rock. And Kenny Rock is like, okay, so you're the guy. Okay, cool. So just speak to Kaya. And then, you know, we can get this out the way. So I go and speak to Kaya and I'm like, oh, I'm the guy. And Kaya introduces himself and he tells me, oh, I'm also a voiceover artist. Have you heard these works? Have you heard these works? And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I thought I'm just coming here as a poet. Now I have to be both a poet and a voice actor. And then now I'm meeting someone who to me is like over here as well. And I'm just there like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's see how this goes. So I record the piece. The piece is done. They shot a video for it. Mm. They had me in the video, but I was like faded and everything. I don't even know if that Vodafone jump video is still up. If it still is, yo, that would be nice for me to see. I was still small. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This was before I started making actual money. But anyway, so so I do the things and Kaya pulls me to the side and says, you know what you wrote became this. Do you know that you can be a copywriter? And I'm like, what's copy? Ah. So he pulls out a hard drive and gives me this hard drive filled with work, right? And he tells me, go study some of these things. Then in a week, I have a job for you. But if you don't come in a week, I don't have that job for you. If yeah, you come in yeah, a week, yeah, yeah, you've, yeah, you've yeah, confirmed yeah, that yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. something you can do. And, and yes, that's, serious. And that's how I started working at Ground Zero. Wow. On the Vodafone account. Yeah. And we 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 wrote a lot. We yeah, there was a lot of promotional the, material. Yeah, I remember so that very clearly. There, there was yeah. a lot of that work going up. And yeah. Yeah, copy is still something I'm still learning. Yeah. That's how I got into it. Mm. Little did I know that the course I would be doing at Tunza included that. You know? Oh, really? And I was like, oh, I need me less of it, guys. Mm. You know, mm. so... I kind of feel like my life has fallen in pleasant places. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, we used to say that vocation a lot at Mount Zion. You know, like, oh, make my shiny fall in pleasant places. Mm. My borders, shan, 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 shan. You know. Um, so so now, yeah. uh, speaking of uh, God and sort of like from the way you're saying it's like purpose in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know you as a person who speaks very boldly about their faith. Yes, sir. Um, who you believe in and you very clearly give credit to you know the most high yeah and i, I believe it's also affected or influenced mm-hmm. your style of music in that way true, true. so please could you just like uh tell us your journey into christianity and your faith mm, okay and how it's impacted you yeah another long story <laughs> but, but I, in two I, minutes yeah, in two minutes in two minutes in another 10 minute sermon yeah some someone told me that i explained things like i'm a pentecostal pastor somewhere so i'm just here like okay choose <laughs> choose, <laughs> choose yeah. what i must be must i be a politician or a pastor yeah because I, I get told that a lot i mean just recently i was emceeing an event and they told me you should be a politician mm. i'm like ah, that ain't for me Sadik, say but you never know with mm-hmm. where god is with where god is taking me and what he's doing you never know so for me i'm just like open like okay when mm-hmm. you said i'll move but for now i'm an artist please mm-hmm. yeah but my journey into the faith i was atheist 
before really? I became a believer. Yeah, I was mm, atheist. Mm, I remember mm, I mm. used to deconvert Christians. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that was me in high school. I was that guy who was like, I watched an Illuminati video and yeah. I said, your Bible is a fraud. <laughs> and I would argue a lot with like SDAs and Jehovah Witnesses. Between the two of them, they were the, the easiest to deconvert because they never really stood on mm-hmm. what they were purporting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like that today. Mm-hmm. And I hope that doesn't get me in trouble. Mm-hmm. But I'm a believer in Jesus now. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I got I got I got saved um after I think months months after my mom passed. Mm-hmm. I just started having weird encounters. Mm-hmm. You know, um I explained a lot more of those weird encounters on a different uh, YouTube podcast, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to shameless plug them. Mm-hmm. But just search for them, Destro's Journey into the f- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you'll find it. But <laughs> so to keep to keep it 2 minutes short, um yeah i started having weird encounters and the only thing because i read everything Mm. and the only thing that could explain it to me was the bible Mm -hmm. because the things i was encountering Mm -hmm. were biblical creatures and things Mm -hmm. and descriptions more or less Mm -hmm. um Mm. i read i read into hinduism Mm, mm. I read into Rosicrucianism, mm. which is like a masonry practice and yes, so on yeah. and so forth. I read into the Illuminati again because I was broke. So I was like, hey, Bro, I'm gonna I found a way had, to make it. I had that phase too. You know, Vigilant Citizen. Ah, that was my website, those, bro. Those, dudes, those my guys. Dude, I swear till this day, <laughs> that phase of my life yeah. still impacts me but it yeah. led me to it led me to the lord yeah yeah i, say, yeah. I, I, so, I guess so too yeah. i guess so too because i remember it was on vigilant citizen mm-hmm. where i read like mm-hmm. no the king james version of the bible is this and that mm-hmm. it was years later especially after converting that i realized the vigilant citizen was actually a muslim wow yeah so really he that page. i don't know if that page is still about it's still about yeah I check it every now and then word yeah word? It's still I, about. I, yeah you remind me i'm gonna check it out just to see what are they are they still talking about lady gaga <laughs> yeah, anyway because the, the last time i was checking on them they were talking about lady gaga and how yeah yeah, 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 yeah no, you know still, bad romance and everything but what was funny is that it made me love the music more because mm. the more that i was told no this is satanic mm. the more i was like let me find out, out for why. myself yeah let me see why mm-hmm. next thing i know i'm doing oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh weird encounters only the bible could explain it started growing in the faith and then i started to see why mm-hmm. so even when i look back now mm-hmm. at my life everything i've been through I have I have like such a dense story to tell, mm-hmm. you know that I feel like that I feel like now can be so many separate testimonies for different people to feel encouraged. Yeah. If you're an orphan, here's your encouragement. Yeah. If you are an artist, here's mm. your encouragement. If you if you doubt yourself, here's your encouragement. If you like, there's so many ifs that come up as questions about life mm-hmm. that I feel my story kind of answers. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm the answer right but there's a way in which god has tailored my life to be like an answer for people mm-hmm. and it's only now that i'm even having that perspective because there mm-hmm. were so many times i would ask myself why have these things happened to me mm-hmm. you know just in 2021 i i was very suicidal mm-hmm. just in 2021 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i'm still here mm-hmm. and i'm like okay why am i still still here mm-hmm. and all of these things progressively are getting answered and then when i look back i'm like so that's why, well, that's why. so that's why and 
if anyone's ever doubted god still speaks yeah you know and even when i felt like he wasn't saying anything mm-hmm. it's when he already said something and i just chose not to listen mm-hmm. so yeah okay so uh we are nearly or shall i say we are at the end of go, our, go, of go, our go, session go, so now we are going to ask uh, madame to go, go. finally uh just run through our last uh, piece of uh question over here so madame please speak to him hi <laughs> i don't know why you're saying hi will it, <laughs> it just feels better on your mic oh especially right. when i'm behind the all mic right for a change. all right okay so let's talk about something a bit more different in your life mm. something more personal but mm. still in the media why are you using right? voice over voice <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So you had the unique privilege of interviewing your uncle on the show, my oh, yeah, father yeah. and I. You oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, on Zambezi Magic a few years ago. Well, you have to just shamelessly plug the channel. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So <laughs> your uncle appears to be a very wise man mm-hmm. and a good man. Yeah. Can you share some advice on how he's imparted that he has imparted to you to carry mm-hmm. on with your life and how that has helped you to get to where you are? Hmm. He's actually the one who introduced me to hip hop. Okay. Yeah, cuz till today one thing that he always spoke about is express yourself. Who are you and express that. If anything for the longest time he's always more or less like steered me in the direction of being artistic that I am. I remember a moment when I was 6 years old and I was doodling and he was like no sit here watch your cartoons and then try to draw them don't just doodle on the walls try to draw the cartoons you see in this book he gave me a book to say draw these cartoons and at the same time he gave me a book for Karl Marx and told me i need summary notes after this i was just six yeah <laughs> i was just six <laughs> so he's, he's processing Karl Marx and he also wants me to process Karl Marx because for him he was introduced like so many different ideologies and so on and so forth so to him he always believed if he's left-handed he must be a genius so let's find out so he gave me these things and i feel like that shaped me in a lot of ways because what people don't know is the way in which i speak today like the kind of english i speak how i speak this english i've always been mistaken for a rich kid because you use dictionary because words because i use dictionary words i was given a dictionary <laughs> at the age 6 you read karl marx you don't know what this word is you can't pronounce it you're busy biting your tongue trying to and he's like oh here's oxford here's the word what does it mean it means this oh okay okay continue reading you use this to find the meanings of these words i'll come back and ask you questions so every time you would come back from unza i would look forward to it because i'm like i'm going to listen to some mnm and i'm going to tell him what i learned and i'm going to break down the lyrics for the songs cuz there was a point where he would also ask me to listen to a tupac song and then write what i heard that was very interesting to me and i think that's what also refined me trying to figure out what to communicate in songs so he's been a very big influence you know in both posture and purpose if i if i can put it like that yeah but you know this but it's okay they made you ask me the question 
you. Okay, and that brings the end to the video. Thank you very yeah. much for coming through, Thank Destro. You. We've Thank learned you so much. much. All right, and it's a wrap. <laughs> Okay, 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 cool.